Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your wonderful, magnificent co-host, Kirk. Kirk, where are you? Hey, there's, I'm there's talking Kirk. now. I was, you know, it's, <laughs> it's been quite a long time since I've accidentally stayed muted, but here I am. I'm here we here. are. That's right. That's a good sign. It's like, uh... Bad intro, good outro. That's what we say in the podcast biz. It's like bad rehearsal, good show. Yeah. You don't get rehearsals in the live streaming biz. You just go. You just go. So sometimes weird things happen. But here we are, Monday night, popcorn for breakfast. We are on the stream. Uh, if you are watching on the stream or if you're going to join the stream, thank you for being here. And if you're listening as a podcast, we thank you for being here as well. Uh, we've got really a huge amount of things to cover today. I think this is the thing that always catches me off guard every year with the Super Bowl is I forget that it's kind of a movie holiday in a way. Like when you think of the Super Bowl, you never think about movies, but then you realize that it's also like the biggest advertising event of the year, like a traditional media advertising event. Um, and you go, oh yeah, the the biggest movies of the year are for sure going to use this spot to to shine a light. Um, this year, the Super Bowl was broadcast on NBC, so we got lots of Peacock trailers, lots of trailers for the new show, Bel Air, lots of content alluding to Law & Order returning, uh, lots of NBC Are you sure? Centric. I didn't see anything about Law & Order <laughs> you didn't, you at missed, all. You missed that? You yeah. must have been uh, filling up the plate at that time. They only did it, uh, <laughs> let's say, 37 times, I think, throughout the <laughs> broadcast. Same with Bel Air. It's like at the beginning of the sh- at the beginning of the Super Bowl, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch Bel Air. By the end of the Super Bowl, I'm like, there is not a single chance that I'm turning that on. <laughs> Which may or you may not be so true. attacked by it that you could not uh, bear to see it. You basically saw the whole plot through all of the advertisements. Right. Yeah, it's it's rough. Anytime I'm always like, oh, who's got it this year? I think Fox is the worst. If Fox has it, I mean, now I guess I don't know how that works with Disney Fox, there were some things that Disney didn't get. And I don't know that they got any of like the news stations. So I don't know that they would get any of the like Super Bowl advertising space or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like if it's Fox just advertising their network television shows, Oh, that is, that is worst case. And like, that's <laughs> really bad. Um, followed by NBC and then probably CBS because CBS is Viacom and they have, they have some good stuff. You know, they've, they've got, they've, they're paramount. They've got all that. Um, so NBC, it could have been worse. Could have been Fox, but we still got peppered with tons of Peacock content and law and order returning for, what did you say, Kirk? Is it its 21st season? Something like that. I've forgotten the number already, even though I just looked it up yesterday, but what happened, what I do remember is that the last season of the OG law and order was in 2009. Yeah. And then they took a hard break. Yes. And they're back. They're coming in strong in 2022. Yeah, and was Anthony Edwards in, in the original cast of that show? Uh, No, no. Uh, Sam Watterson was, though. Yeah, Sam Watterson was. Is Anthony Edwards in this one? No. Is that, Am I saying the right name? Oh, Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Sorry, I said Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Anthony Anderson. Okay. He wasn't in the original he, Law & Order either. He was not. And I do not believe he ever made any kind of regular... Um, character appearances on it at all. This is a brand new breath into the Law and Order series. Interesting. 
Well, I thought he was going to flap his wings a little bit higher than than Law and Order after his his success on Blackish um, and you know the few films that he's been in. But here we right. are. Right, he is are. really incredible. It's it's quite a shock to see him. I don't want to say take a step back, but I mean maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe he is the genius who brought it back to uh, to come in to come in hard here. Sorry, my face is frozen on my yeah, screen. I don't frozen. know. Okay, cool. It's okay. You, I can still hear you, and and everything's fine. So you're just frozen, and we're just gonna. For those of you on the that. stream, I'm actually conducting my my practice round of ventriloquy. <laughs> this is where I think that. This is where I think that I should try it out. That was so pretty go. good, Kirk. Hey, thanks. That was like I'm I'm kind of like taken aback by what you just did because I, I didn't know that that skill was in your repertoire. But that's that's yeah. incredible. You know, well sometimes when my anxiety keeps me up late at night, I just try my <laughs> ventriloquy. Perfect. All right. But so we got lots of NBC Peacock content. We also got big, big, big trailers. Most, I think the big four, there were four big ones. Maybe, maybe these were the only four trailers they even showed, but there are four that, that have stuck in my memory. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which that one is kind of halvesies because they showed a teaser they they showed a teaser like a thirty second TV spot right at the beginning of the Super Bowl, and then at the end of it, it said the full trailer is online now. So then you had to go to the online to watch the trailer. But I'm still counting that. Then there was Jurassic World Dominion, which is the same trailer that got released earlier this week. They just like premiered it at the at the Super Bowl. So um, I, like I think a lot of like the diehards had already seen it. We got Nope, which is the new film from Jordan Peele. Looks very interesting. We'll talk about that. And then we're also going to talk about the rings of power, Lord of the rings. Uh, the first teaser trailer, it was about a minute long TV spot we got for that. So we're going to use part of our show today to go through all of those react to them. There's lots to talk about with, with some of those, there's tons to talk about, namely Dr. Strange. And then, uh, like also the Oscar nominations came out <laughs> last week. So if that's the afterthought of the week, then you know that it was a, it was a big week, but right after our stream last week, Tuesday morning, the Oscar nominations were revealed. So we're going to dive into that as well. Um, quick programming note for you. We will not have a movie review episode this week. We're just doing what's popping. And then we'll be back at you next week with a movie review. And we are thinking it will be uncharted. That's the plan as it stands. So if you're planning on going to the, the movie theater this weekend, you should consider seeing uncharted because I think there's a good chance that we'll be there doing the same thing so that we can review it for the podcast. But before we get into that, Oh, Kirk, it's also Valentine's day. I forgot about that. Um, happy Valentine's day. Kim. <laughs> I should have like changed the backdrop to have like little hearts all over it instead of popcorn kernels. But frankly, I forgot until today and, uh, then I was like, Kirk, we should do schoolyard pick of rom-coms. And so we're going to do that because as it turns out, we already did celebrity couples. Um, I mean, I want to go back and listen to that one to see if Who's it's still, still accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and if like somebody put Will and Jada, like that's got to, <laughs> after the red table talk, that's got to get pulled like that. They're no longer on the list in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do schoolyard pick of rom-coms, which should be very interesting because that's a genre I feel like is one of my weakest in terms of viewing. I feel like, I, so I grew up with two older sisters. So I watched yeah. a lot when I was in, in the house with them. But since then, almost none. 
So it's it'll be it will be very interesting. Kirk, how do you feel about your rom com uh, exposure, knowledge, acumen? Big big rom com exposure growing up and uh-huh. uh, in even in my college years because uh, there's just a lot of random free time right in yeah, college. Sure. But I don't know what's classified as a rom com anymore. Like in 2022, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I have a very big idea of when rom-coms came to light, when the genre was created, I was there. I've seen things, but I don't know what it exists like today. Yeah. I feel like the late nineties, early two thousands was sort of the golden age of what most people think of as a rom-com. And I feel like nowadays in general, genres are, are bending and it's hard to know like where one line ends and another begins, et cetera. Like it's really hard to find true comedies anymore i always think about that like the tommy boys the happy gilmores uh you know that stuff just isn't around really like even even like super bad 40 year old virgin like that stuff just doesn't really exist in that form anymore and i feel like the same could be said for rom-coms but we'll get into it we'll dive we'll dive deep into it and and talk about the genre it should be competitive schoolyard pick of rom-coms we'll get into it um but first kirk I want to jump into what's popping. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's not the right sound. I was getting ready to dance. (laughs) You were dancing. You were like, let's go. (laughs) All right. So first up, we're not going to talk Super Bowl. We're going to, we're going to bury that for a second. We're going to talk about the Oscars. We're going to talk about the Oscars. Um, Because the, the Oscar nominations dropped Tuesday morning. And on the last episode, if you listened, uh, we gave our predictions. And I think, Kirk, you did the math and found out that, what was it? You got five out of ten, correct? That's right. And you had seven. And I got seven. Bravo. So we both did pretty good, I feel like. Because there there are some in here that I feel like people were not expecting. And there were some in here that people were definitely expecting. But let's let's talk best picture category first. I want to talk about some of the big categories. We can talk about surprises, snubs, etc. But I definitely want to talk about the big category. So for best picture, we got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So right off the bat, for most people in the country, Drive My Car has not come to a theater near them until this past weekend it released in like 150 cinemas. Um, nationwide. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. It will be on HBO Max March 2nd, which is about three weeks before the Oscars. But most people have not seen that movie, and most people have not seen Licorice Pizza um, because it's not available to stream, and it was in theaters limited release around Christmas, and I believe it's, you know, it's sort of back in theaters now for a second go-around. But the others have been around. And, And frankly, those are the two that I haven't seen, and I believe that's the same for you. Kirk. That's right. So yep. we can't really speak much to those, but as far as the other, the others in this category, or even just generally speaking, like what was left out, what, what got in that shouldn't have, what are your thoughts, Kirk? It's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. It's, it's really the hodgepodge of, of the, the Delta that we, you and I had of, of the loss of, of what was going to go in and what wasn't. Yeah, that's true. So we, we kind of had the general feel for it. Drive my car is totally out of left field. Don't know about that <laughs> at all. Um, but everything else, we called all other nine of the nominees there. What's really impressive about Drive My Car and what, what makes me really interested to see it is that 
it is first of all it's a foreign film it's a it's a japanese film um which is not unheard of but it's it's pretty rare i think kurosawa was the last japanese director to have a film nominated for best picture um but you know you think about parasite and bong joon ho well the thing with 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 bong joon ho is that he was sort of there was a lot of noise going on around him like good right. positive momentum building for him leading up to parasite like he had already had a bunch of really big movies that were starting to make major waves and like get theatrical releases in the U S like Snowpiercer, the host, etc. Um, before parasite came out. So he already had that really going. And, and this time that's not really the case. The other thing is this movie didn't, you know, like there's a lot of politics and marketing that goes into films getting nominated for best picture. You might hear of these like for your consideration campaigns. Um, this film didn't do any of that. You know, it just it just was good, I guess. Like the critics liked it and it got so much positive buzz and it and it got submitted and people watched it and they were like this is good. <laughs> you know, that's and so that alone is is pretty impressive and really piques my interest. Yeah, if you can be that powerful of a film without any campaigning, any kind of debut film into the American market, um I mean, you've got you've got a, a home run story. Then you you have a chance for for getting in just like that. I saw I can't remember which actress it was, but she tweeted something along the lines of "I watched Drive My Car and it absolutely wrecked me," uh, <laughs> pun intended. But I I think it was genuine that they were sincerely like just destroyed over um, how powerful the content was. So um, yeah, I, I gotta say that I'm I'm anxious to get our, get my hands on that movie for us to watch. Yeah. Definitely. And, and other things in the category, I mean, for me, I have not been shy. Don't look up. It, it's I, I am at a loss for words as to how that movie gets nominated. I think that obviously film, film, I was talking to a friend about this, like obviously film and film appreciation and reviewing and critiquing is completely subjective, but there are certain aspects of that film that are objectively bad. I yes. really, I really feel like there are certain, like, as a narrative, I feel like it's bad. It's not a good narrative. And as a satire, I feel like it's bad. And that's the two things that movie is. So I really don't get that. And in a year where you could have had 10 nominees, and there was so much competitive parody. We talked about it last week. There was no movie that's just like sprinting away from the field. Like there really is a really good mix of, of competitive films. I just, giving that film a spot, and I think it also got nominated for screenplay, that to me is just like unacceptable. I, I really can't wrap my head around that at all. I think that's a joke. Right. There's do you want to talk snubs real quick? I do. Yeah, picture? because yeah, what what movies did that did that film or any others take the spot of? So three to four movies come to mind. Three to four. So yep. the first of which being Tick Tick Boom. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, the second of being The Eyes of Tammy Faye. We have not mm-hmm. reviewed that movie, but wow watched that recently and i would even say being the ricardos being the okay. ricardos i would have i would have put all three of those above don't look up in oh. regular ratings regular scores for sure I, like i haven't seen the eyes of tammy faye being the ricardos is one that a lot of people thought was going to get nominated myself included i included it on my list last week whenever we talked about it i was surprised not to see that especially because in the other acting categories you got javier bardem getting a nomination which which surprised a lot of people it was yes. not. It was not a given. 
um, for his performance. And then also, like, everybody expected Nicole Kidman to get nominated, but she did. You know, she got nominated. So your two leading actors get nominated. It's an Aaron Sorkin film. He typically does pretty good with the Academy, and they didn't they didn't get nominated. I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home is the other big miss, and I'll, I'll fight somebody yes. on this. Like, I, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like, people squirm at the idea of, like, an overpopular superhero movie getting nominated for awards. But look at the slate of films this year. I, I just don't think there's a compelling argument that there are 10 movies better than that movie this year. I really don't. I really, really don't. Um, I'm, I'm frankly, I think it's a, I think it's a big miss by the Academy to not include that film. And then I also think the other one that I think is really confusing is the lost daughter because it got nominated for adapted screenplay. It got nominated for best actress and best supporting actress, which nobody was really expecting Jesse Buckley to get nominated just based on politics, but she did an incredible job in that movie. So how do you get adapted screenplay and your two acting leads nominated in no best picture? I, I'm, I'm kind of floored by that too. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's surprising, but let me, let's look at the, uh, the other categories here. So director Kenneth Branagh, um, Rasuki Hamaguchi, Paul Thomas Anderson, Jane Campion, and Steven Spielberg. And I have not seen drive my car. And, and again, this is one of those situations where it's like, this guy got snubbed, but I don't know who you got, who you kick out. And that guy is Denis Villeneuve. I, I just like Dune was a pretty spectacular directing feat. The cinematography was beautiful. The, the mixture between CGI and, and textures like natural textures was insane. The lighting was insane. The production design was insane. Like that dude had a huge cast of all-star actors. I just like, I was kind of floored by that. I feel like, that movie deserved it and it got nominated for best picture. So I was, I was very surprised not to see him get nominated, but anybody else, are you, are you any surprises in this category for you, Kirk? Not, I mean, that was probably the only one. Um, I, I wasn't as high <clears throat> on Dune as you were, but you still have to respect the incredible feat that he did. Uh, yeah. Same with Spider-Man no way home. Yeah. Um, it's a, it was a cinematic event. And if you think about what, is possible in film and what is possible with bringing a story together and, and orchestrating all of that and then making sure it lands uh, on the screen to, to really uh, be effective and get that right catharsis throughout and by the end of it. They deserve to be up there. It, you know, we, it doesn't make sense anymore, especially now that we locked in with 10 this year, 10 best right. picture films, but we're still limited to five best directors, five <laughs> lead actors right. five lead actresses like what's the deal here like we need to get our numbers straight re rethink our rubrics um there needs to be a more of a formulaic uh, approach to this than just whatever they're feeling that particular year yeah i i agree it, it it's weird how often this stuff changes it feels it feels constant honestly so it's really hard to like put your finger on the pulse of what's going to be happening or what to expect any given year and i feel like the voters get caught off guard with this stuff too but I don't know. I think it's a good point. So let's go to the acting categories and then we'll sort of wrap up. So lead actress, we've got Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter, Penelope Cruz for parallel mothers, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. It is worth noting. None of the films in this category were nominated. 
none of the actors, like the film that they're from, none of those films were nominated for Best Picture. That is pretty surprising. And when you go over to the male side, the actor category, only two, only two performances were from films that got nominated for Best Picture. I feel like that is wacky galore. I, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing anything like that before. Yeah, I mean, how do you have the best picture but not the best actors in that best picture? I, right? I mean, like, <laughs> at a certain point, it's just, like, law of averages. It, it, like, it doesn't make, it doesn't really, like, math out correctly. Like, how right. did this result occur? I don't, I don't really get it, that. It's rough. It's rough. I've seen three out of the five in, in Best Lead Actress. I gotta go Jessica Chastain. This is her year. Uh, absolutely incredible. She's my pick. I know we're not doing picks, but she's no, my no, pick. I like it. I like it. I, honestly, my pick is somebody who didn't get nominated and somebody who I think is the biggest snub in the, and I almost said the history of the Oscars. I can't effectively say that, but I think Rachel's Ze- Rachel Zegler not getting nominated uh-huh. is, is, yeah. is insane to me. I, I thought she was, and this has happened at a couple of award shows and I, it baffles me. I don't really get it because I thought she was so incredible in West Side Story, like legitimately took my breath away. And I'm not just talking about her vocals. I mean, honestly, just a really good, really, really good performance. And that film got nominated for for Best Picture and it got a supporting actress nod. Right, right. So it, These make no sense. They make no <laughs> sense. <laughs> On the actor side, we've got Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, it's solid. That's how I would have done it. Maybe not Javier Bardem. I probably would have swapped in somebody else. Um, but worth noting on the don't look out on the don't look up train, no acting performances from that movie got nominated. I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand how that movie got nominated. It's only got, I think it got score, which like what it got, uh, <laughs> original screenplay and then it got best picture. And I think that that's about, and then editing or something like that. I, I don't know. It, it got a few weird awards, but I'm like, that is not enough to be a best picture nominee. I really do not understand it. Right. The snub comes here. And I think we talked about this offline was, um, the harder they fall straight to Netflix, the yeah. Western. Um, I mean, you could have thrown in, um, several of the actors from there. It really was, good it was performances. really performances. Uh, Keith, uh, Lakeith Stanfill, uh, yes. definitely could have, could have gone in there. Um, Jonathan majors, lots of options that could have, could have replaced, uh, could have been popped in there. Especially that whole, there movie, more that whole movie got snubbed in every category. I, I don't didn't, really get it. Didn't get a single nom across. That's nuts. There's no way. Um, supporting actor. We've got, how, how do you say the guy from Belfast Syrian? You know, I never know. I never know. And uh, he is very much an Irishman. I will well, look I, it up. Hold I apologize on. to him. Uh, well, Troy Kotzer from Coda. Jesse Plemons from The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons from Being the Ricardo. Uh, Cody Smith-McPhee from The Power of the Dog. And then uh, Siren Hines from Belfast. So Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith-McPhee both get nominated for The Power of the Dog. So far this award season, Cody Smith-McPhee has been taking home um, – a lot of wins in that category. And I think is probably the most deserving person in this, in this category uh, was surprised to see JK Simmons get nominated, even though he he's great. I think that there were a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of good candidates um, for this award. So that was an interesting category. And then best supporting actress, Jesse Buckley for the lost daughter, Ariana DeBose for West side story, Judy Dench for Belfast, which is a bit of a surprise, but we, 
we both gushed about her performance last week on the pod. Um, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and then Anjanue Ellis for King Richard. Quick like, backup. I oh got yeah. you. What's Kieran. Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines. All right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Thank you, Kirk. Um, I got you. Neither of those categories fill me with a white hot rage like uh, best picture. Some of those best picture nominees do, but the, like I feel like pretty good across the board, to be honest. Yeah, not bad. All right, that's Oscar noms. Any other snubs? Any other surprises? Anything you were like, oh man, I'm so glad this happened. Or well, so I'd like mad to talk about best. Happen. Yeah, let's talk about best makeup because this is something that I rage over every yeah. year. I. No, I have nothing. Oh, I here's mine. And this is Oh, you really do? No, I have one. I'm not mad about it. I'm happy about it. It's Raya and the Last Dragon getting nominated for animated feature. There were a lot of like award shows where that didn't happen, and I've been seeing a lot of people talking smack about that movie, and I'm not about it. I will like I will die on that hill. I I don't care. And I know that you and I disagreed on that movie a little bit, and that's fine. But I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped that it got nominated. It will not win. I think Encanto will probably win. Um, though the Mitchells versus the Machines, I think, is the sleeper in that category for sure. That was really, really good. Um, it is. And, and if it, 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 it dethr- if it dethrones a bunch of Pixar and Disney movies, that would be pretty epic. So we'll see. Right. All right. That's the Oscars. Nominations are out there. The show, uh, the Oscar show, is March 27th. So we've got a few weeks left to go to get your – to get your viewing in. Kirk and I are lucky enough to only have to watch two more best pictures. So I think we'll be safe there, but there's still a bunch of others, uh, other films and the other categories that we still have to check out, but should be a good time. We'll see what happens. All right, let's jump over to the Super Bowl and all these trailers that we got. Kirk, which one do you want to start with? Oh gosh. We've got, here are your options. Well, Dr. Strange. Jurassic World, Nope, and Rings of Power. I think we have to start with Doctor Strange because we'll talk about it the longest. Okay, we're going to try to cap ourselves though because we're already at 27-ish minutes here. We got to be responsible. We got to be responsible. All right. All right, let's let me let me pull up the Doctor Strange trailer real quick. Um, but yeah, so the way that this happened again on the Super Bowl, they showed a short 30-second trailer which had a few scenes in it. And then they were like, check out the rest of the trailer online. So the trailer online is a two-minute trailer, and I'm pulling it up now. Um, And this thing was a barn burner. There is so much in here. And so I feel like the biggest story here is – that the multiverse stuff is bigger than what they alluded to in the first trailer, which we which we knew, but like they're showing a lot. Um, think about the Spider-Man trailers where it felt like they didn't really show, like they certainly didn't show all of the big things that happened in that movie. And so if you keep that in mind and you, f- and you figure they're not showing us all the big things that happened in this movie, that means there's a lot of big things that happened in this movie because they showed <laughs> us a lot of crazy stuff in this trailer. I mean, we got... America Chavez, which we we saw a little bit of that in the first trailer. We got multiple versions of Wanda, multiple versions of Doctor Strange. We've got um, that guy. What guy? <laughs> that guy with the horns. He's like a yeah. He's, he's like, like a, a minotaur. 
Yeah, he, but he's like a real character. I don't know his name. I've just been like reading about him. He's like a real, like we'll probably see him in multiple MCU films to come. We've got Mordo. We've got the Illuminati headquarters here, which is a it's his Marvel storyline, and then the the like Illuminati panel. You've got the like what kind of looks like I don't know. There could be different versions of like Tony or 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 Photon slash Monica Rambo slash Captain Marvel. There's like a bunch of different mystery shapes and figures here. Like right here in this scene, there like who is that? Is it is it is it our Photon? Is it Monica Rambo? Is it Maria Rambo from a different universe where she becomes Captain Marvel? Is it Superior Iron Man? Like the internet was on fire last night about this maybe being Tom Cruise as Superior Iron Man, and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> then you get all these that. different, yeah, these different Wandas. You've got Wong like about to die. You've got zombie Doctor Strange. Like, what in the world is going on in this trailer, Kirk? What what sticks out to you about this? It, literally everything you called out, all of it. Oh, and and there's one I, big one I didn't call out too that we'll have to get into. Uh, there's also potential that the the actual poster is actually smashing through Peggy Carter's uh, Captain Oh yeah, Carter's no, that's shield. that's for sure. That's 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 confirmed. Like you, if you go online Perfect. right now, and I'll post it um, on social. But there is the poster of the movie. There's a bunch of stuff happening around him, and not really hidden at all is like wedged into a piece of debris is Captain Carter's shield, and it's like. 1000% confirmed it's her shield. Like you can you can see it with the naked eye. You don't even have to really zoom in. Like it's there, it has her logo on it. Boom, guaranteed. Um so that's a what if tie-in. Good call there. Right. We've already got the Dark Doctor Strange, which is a what if tie-in. We've got Zombie Doctor Strange, which is a what if tie-in. So I think I think what if was the setup for Multiverse of Madness, which is something that we sort of alluded to, but we also didn't know like how much of a tie-in there would be, but the Peggy Carter shield appearing is huge huge right because that brings her back and really solidifies her because you had the whole agent carter's you know tv series that just didn't really work well you know did not have a lot of success and uh, we saw her presumably in loki uh, for a split second that's right coming into the tv that's right and this is another chance for her to shine because she is an incredible actress and the character is very fascinating. And now we get, we, we lost, you know, Steve Rogers, but now we get the other side of this and what it looks like with her uh, leading uh, a band of heroes as well, presumably. Yeah. And then the big thing that we haven't talked about yet is the voice. There is a figure. You can only see part of him. It's a silhouette. And I don't even remember what he says. I could have told you last night because I watched this trailer like 17 times. But um, he says something, and it's very, very clearly no debate whatsoever Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. So X-Men, in some capacity, confirmed for this film. Um, we have to... So we have to, con- we have to assume that this will be a scenario similar to the Spider-Man villain situation where they are coming from the Fox verse rather than the Sony verse. Now, of course the difference is that, that Marvel studios, Disney, whatever owns all of the Fox properties, but they existed prior to the MCU canon. So in order to exist in this world, you would think that there would have to be a 
multiversal events to bring them in from a different timeline because they there's almost no way they could just be like, oh yeah, these guys were on our timeline the whole time and just kind of wedge those in there. They have to do a multiverse situation there, don't you think, Kirk? Right, because otherwise, after all this time, why wouldn't one or two of them sprinkle in and we we hear glimpses of them, right? right? Even it would just be hear a little bit them. silly, yeah, if they did that, um, right? So that's definitely happening, uh, Professor X, uh, and that's something that I I believe, and I want to go back and get the receipts on this. I'm like ninety nine percent sure, and I'm pretty petty, so I will find it uh, <laughs> that I predicted that whenever we were doing Wandavision, I predicted that the X Men would appear in Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness. Um, what else do you think we get in this movie, Kirk? Do you think do you think this is do you think this is the big like first Avengers level event of this series and that this is like a precursor that builds up to secret wars or something. Do you think that this is a scenario where they, they don't just use this to bring in the X-Men, but like, Hey, let's throw in the fantastic four at the same time. Like, do they go that hard? I think, yeah, why not? Why, why can't um, Richard Reed sit on the Illuminati board up there? He could. Yeah, be, well, well, yeah, because uh, Reed, Reed Richards, like, he has ties to Kang. We've talked about that. And mm-hmm. is an ultra-intelligent person. So if there's a Reed Richards in another timeline who becomes, you know, aware of the Illuminati and aware of Kang and aware of his relation to Kang, like, that, like that's very possible, I think. Right. So I'm, it's going to be I'm just blown away because, like... They're they're smashing the structures. They're they're just confusing us all, and they're doing such a good job of all of that. Because, yes. like you said, what's the what's the buildup? What's is this like the Avengers? Well, kind of, but like not really. Yeah, we're just going to confuse not the an mess Avenger, out of us. Yeah, it's gonna it, it's an event. You know, it's it's like the events that they have in the comics. Like this is like right. This is an it's event. Like what's it's like? What's the comparative? It's like this. So many things they've been changing the game. This is almost like if we have to compare it, this is almost the winter soldier moment. We're going into it thinking we're going to get X, Y, Z, and then uh, they're just going to flip it on its head and tell us something that we had no idea how to expect or process or anticipate it. Um, And then some, especially with just the, the, the story of what they can what they can throw at us, which is essentially anything they want to, they can throw at us in any way they want to. Uh, I'm sick. I'm sitting here staring at the, the, the swirl, the whirlpool uh, on the logo here. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like it's red and blue, <laughs> like, and, and a little bit of white, like, tell me, tell me what you mean here, Marvel. Come on. I know that's like, what, what is a hint and what isn't <laughs> It's impossible to tell. So the other thing that the internet was set on fire about last night was Tom Cruise. And I want to explain this because I think many people would probably be confused. So if you've been around like deep into the MCU situation since the beginning, it's been well known among the fandom that Tom Cruise auditioned for the role of Iron Man that eventually went to Robert Downey Jr. According to Tom Cruise, he was never really close to the role and he agreed that Robert Downey Jr. was the best person for the job. But that immediately got people thinking how could Tom Cruise be involved in the MCU at some point? And when Robert Downey Jr.'s character, his Iron Man, Tony Stark, died in Avengers Endgame, that started the wheel again of people saying, well, we're going to see Iron Man again because Iron Man can't be dead um, in theory. Tony Stark could be, but there could be other Tony Starks. There could be 
different Iron Mans, whatever. And so that th- when they show that person that I said, who is this? Is it Photon? Is it is it Maria Rambo? The thing that people are calling out is that the visor or the cowl has an opening to where the hair comes out, which is a distinct signature of um, well, Captain Marvel does it, so that's it's not like it's not dead set, but Superior Superior Iron Man also does it, and people are speculating that it could be Tom Cruise as Superior Iron Man. Kirk, how much weight do you put into that? I don't know. I'm I'm on that train. I saw a screenshot. I don't know how doctored it was. I saw a screen uh, a still screenshot of the moment that Captain Marvel is flying in there and it looks like it has a mustache. I'm just saying it's so I, what is insane is I've seen two enhanced screenshots of it. One of it. I'm like, that's for sure a man like, because I, I believe there's a goatee actually. Right. Um, and the other one, I'm like, that's for sure. Monica Rambo. So I, I like, I don't know at this point. Like, it's like a, a Yan, Yanny Laurel situation going on here where every time I look at the image, I see something different and I cannot figure out who it is, but that would be bananas. Let's go through some other things here. Ralph Boner, do you think that they use use this to be like, yeah, that was not Quicksilver. That's just like a multiverse variant of Pietro from or like Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe and that's why that happened. They have to. Whether it's in this or whether Wanda gets her own feature film, they they have to at some point soon, for yeah. sure. Does Agatha Harkness appear in this film? Yes, 100%. I think yes as well. Um what else? What else? What else? Um Vision has a flashback or at least a, a, yeah. White uh, vision. That was the other one that I had in my notes. White vision. Does white vision appear? He's appearing either in a flashback that of footage that we haven't seen, um, or a glimpse in a montage of, uh, Wanda flipping through universes in her mind, um, or just his voice with new dialogue. One of those three for sure. And what do you think is the significance of Rachel McAdams being back for this film? Do you think that it's, it's truly mm. just like a continuing their like very human story or that there are larger plans for her in the workings. I think larger plans. And I think it's going to be the, what, what's been uh, buzzing around online, the night nurse night theory. Nurse. Yeah. There are three of them. Uh, one is of course, uh, Christine. One of course is of course, uh, Rosario Dawson's character from the, daredevil defenders uh, series yep. of course we've got matt murdoch we've got him coming back into the fold so why not bring her in too you know um i forget who the third one was i don't know who the third night nurse is but in the car in the comics it's linda carter but um okay which wouldn't be related but we'll yeah. see man we'll see i feel like I feel like it's that. And I feel the bigger picture of, of her coming back is how important she was in the what if series for sure. Um, because they didn't do a big enough job, unfortunately with Rachel McAdams in Dr. Strange one. So, uh, has to be, there has to be part of that together because Rachel McAdams is not coming back if they're not fixing her character in any way, shape or form. Yep. Final three questions for you. Well, it's two. It's two questions, but one of them is a two-part. <laughs> I keep I keep trying to cut myself off, but I'm coming up with more as I go. 
Okay. Quick hitters, though. Quick hitters. Deadpool. Yes. Deadpool appearing in this movie. Mid credit scene. I vote yes, and I vote in the actual movie. Okay. I think he appears because I think if they're bringing the Fox guys over, it might make sense to do it all at once in that sort of way. Next one, and this is the two-part question. Does Hugh Jackman appear in this movie as Logan? So answer that part first. <laughs> I'm on yes. As Logan. I'm on yes. Logan. Well, just like, just, you know, him. It's, it's yeah, Logan. Like, does Hugh Jackman appear as his character? Does he appear as the Wolverine? Maybe not in costume, but like as, as Logan or as the Wolverine. Mm, I'm always wrong, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to Logan okay. in this one. So then the second part of the two-part question was, if Hugh Jackman does appear ever, do you think it's small cameo fun or he's back in some capacity ongoing? Uh, some, somewhere in between. I think somewhere in between because okay. I feel like having a cameo, he won't do that again. Uh, okay. You know, he did that once and I think you can't, you can't do it again. And in days of future past, he was full on back in the movie. Like he was yeah. the central character. Um, I think it's somewhere in between. I don't, I think he's a supporting character, maybe someone who's giving wisdom to someone else. Um, that's where I see him at. I think so. Logan was such a great send off for him. Like the most beautiful send off. I think if he comes back in any capacity, which I am expecting, uh, it will be a cameo. And just to, just for the fans to have seen it through all the way. Like here is mm -hmm. our Wolverine in the big comic book universe. Like we always wanted. Um, but they, they did a great job with that character overall in those movies. And Logan was chef's kiss. Right. Beautiful. Perhaps, perhaps he rebuilds the school. Yeah, the could be. And he is the professor. Could be. We'll see. All right. That's enough. That's enough of that. We'll we'll get into oh, something. Wait, else. I have seven questions <laughs> for you, Cam. And they're all three part questions. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Uh, I want to talk about Lord of the Rings real quick. I want to talk I want to talk Lord of the Rings um, just briefly here. So The Ring of Fire. The, Lord Ring, of the Ring of Fire. Of fire. <laughs> no. Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. We got our first real look. So uh, about midweek last week they released um, you know, these like, I can't remember entertainment weekly exclusive images of like, here are some stills from the, from the show or what have you. And my reaction was yikes. I hope that those photos or those images are just like, you know, like not stills from the show, but are just like, here's a character posing for an image in front of the set, which I think is actually what they were. But now seeing this, and seeing it as really like the first time back in Middle Earth since the Hobbit movies, um, which were, in my humble opinion, a mess. Uh, I don't know how I feel, Kirk. So I want to get your perspective as somebody who is like not super close to the Lord of the Rings situation. Like, 
because I, I need a gut check here and I need yeah. to, I need to check myself, but I want to know what you thought of the trailer first. Yeah. So I thought that there were some incredible, uh, shots, some incredible camera tricks that they're doing. Even, um, even that big kind of gnarly monster. I don't know if he is someone that we already know in this or not that comes out in the first, uh, probably he is, 20 he seconds. Is not, yeah. Okay. He's pretty gnarly. Uh, he, he freaked me out. I did. I was actually afraid, <laughs> afraid of him. Um, but what I have to say is that the look of the actors seems like too cool. It seems too polished, present. Uh, yeah. yeah, polished. Uh, oh, it oh seems, you mean it seems? It doesn't seem like a period. It's out of it's out of the world of the Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Because I would even say that you know when when I look back, so I've only seen the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, the the first Lord of the Rings. I've only seen that one. And I would say you look at that and you don't see that time surrounding when those movies were made. You see a story encapsulated in its world as yeah. part of the plot, as part of the, the honoring the books, right? In this, you guys got, you got some cool hair. You got some, some, uh, some of the, the wavy, uh, the girl, the girl's hair that's kind of wavy, a little wet. Like those are styles that are happening now or within the past five years. Mm-hmm. So that part looking at them they're too modernized yep um which i guess their feel is like well they were younger than the lord of the rings but it just doesn't feel right it does not sit right to me okay so i agree with that i think that there is something strange about the character design and i feel like it's just i feel like it's the costumes i feel like the costumes don't look like how they should look for middle earth. And I know that the film series is 20 years old. And so things will be different and I've come to expect that. But what really freaks me out is that when I look at this, I don't see Lord of the Rings. I see the Hobbit movies. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I see. And that freaks me out because I kind of hated those. I really did not think they were very good. And even some of the action sequences that happen in this now, like the landscape CGI's and stuff like that, are good. Like I thought, I thought, you know, the waterfall sequence, like, I don't know any of the like big sweeping landscapes that are either fully CGI or, you know, partially enhanced by CGI. Like I thought that all looked good. I thought the troll looked good too, but there's, there's a couple scenes. There's one where the guy like catches the arrow in slow motion and then fires it back. And there's another one where the woman is like hanging off the cliff on the, on the knife and those both look distinctly like action sequences from The Hobbit. And one of the weakest parts of those movies were these preposterous, overly CGI, almost DC Comics-like action sequences. I remember vividly there was one in one of The Hobbit movies where the elf is like running across the bridge and the bridge is falling apart and he's slow motion jumping off of falling pieces of rubble. Mm. And I was like, this is dumb 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 and and that wasn't the only thing like that like there were so many and there what peter jackson was able to do in the original trilogy there's just something like you can't even really put your finger on it there was something that he was able to attain with the 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 set design the costume design everything to where it just felt like a really immersive really detailed world and this feels like it's almost too glossy polish to look like that. And like the characters don't exactly fit. And also 
while there was CGI in the original trilogy and there were preposterous ac- action sequences like Legolas sliding down the trunk of an, of an elephant like after he shot it down, there were very few. And, and the ones that happened were like earned after building the intricacies of this world. And that was something that the Hobbit never got to. And I, I'm scared, Kirk. I, I have to say, like, I was all in until this week. And now I am Gosh. I am officially scared. I am officially yeah, I'm, scared. I'm getting suited up to start watching the other two, at least. Uh, by your decree, I think I can skip The Hobbit, but I might want to watch them because even after I watch the other two Lord of the Rings, I'm not positive that I will still be as big of a fan, um, but maybe I can appreciate the, the wonder that they brought into the world. <sighs> yeah. The Hobbit has problems because, first of all, it's my favorite of all the books. It was mm-hmm. it was the first one that he ever wrote, and it was more of a kid's tale in nature. So it was a little bit more goofy, and I kind of liked that. They turned that book, which is shorter than any of the Lord of the Rings books, which were really just one book, but got split into three. And they turned it into four movies. <laughs> Each of the books from the th- trilogy was three. They split the third Hobbit movie into two parts. I just, I can't. It had major issues. They added so much stuff. It, I think they're, I think they're real bad personally. Yeah. And if somebody wants to talk to me about that, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open to the discourse, but I, and I've only seen them each once because of that. I thought they were all, um, below standard. I, I'm, I'm way into it. So if it's not working for me, I feel like that's a, that's a miss on their part, but yeah, Color me scared. Lord of the Rings fans out there, if you feel differently, please help talk me off this ledge because I am I am concerned. I am very concerned at this point. All right, next up. Let's talk Jurassic World. Jurassic World Dominion. Um, this trailer dropped earlier in the week to sort of build hype, and then they showed it at the during the Super Bowl. Um, this trailer features a lot, including the return of Laura Dern and uh, uh, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum, who was actually in Fallen Kingdom, but that was such a such a trick. He was barely in that movie. They advertised it like he was going to be all over that thing. I mean, he was in every trailer, and he got nothing in, the orig- in that movie. Um, but they're all back. We've got dinosaurs roaming the earth, which is something that they've been building towards this whole time, really since the original trilogy. And uh, we've got our cast and a bunch of different textures and a, and a bunch of different, you know, the plot is basically like how do how do they ro- roll this back? You know, how, how do they protect the dinosaurs but protect humanity or learn to coexist or what have you? Um, Kirk, thoughts on this trailer overall? It looks great. Uh, I missed The Fallen Kingdom um, at the behest missable. of many people. It's missable. It's missable. <laughs> I think it was... Um, go see The Incredibles 2 or go see Fallen Kingdom. And uh, the the ticket holders at the theater I was at said, you got to see Incredibles 2 way better. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, I've not seen the second one. Um, But this looks really solid. I mean, I I, I can't say anything bad about this trailer. Um, Oh, there's Sam Neill. He's just, 
he's just perfect. I just can't see how this doesn't do well based on this. Fallen Kingdom, when I saw the trailer for that, I remember them walking into the diner and just sitting down having a long conversation. I was like, this is not going to work. And it didn't. So this one feels right. This feels on brand, on tone, and it has Chris Pratt actually acting in it as opposed (laughs) to brooding and showing off his trim body. And that's what we need. He's, He's actually a good actor underneath um, his chiseled body. So show that off more than anything. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm, I'm so glad that Colin Trevorrow's back. And I I think that the fallen kingdom honestly was, was fine and, and, and was decently entertaining, but I think that it just really tonally didn't fit the rest of the series at all. And it felt very like inconsequential up until the very end where things sort of changed, but overall just didn't feel like Jurassic world was really great. Like really fun, really felt really scaled up and big. Like it felt like a blockbuster fallen kingdom did not. This looks scaled up to a zillion. Like this looks like the finale of a, of a really historic blockbuster film franchise, which is exactly what it is. So it should be high scale. And that's what Colin Trevorrow gives you. I mean, this guy, he dreams big. I mean, he, he does incredible work and, and has done great things. Um, and I think, I think they're going to knock it out of the park. I mean, I really feel like I have the opposite reaction to this that I did <laughs> to rings of power <laughs> where like I was not fully bought in because I like, I love Jurassic world one, didn't love Jurassic world two. And I was just like, uh, I hope they're not just making a trilogy just for the sake of making a trilogy. Um, but this one I was like, Oh, I'm like way bought in now, like way, way bought yeah. in. Um, and part of that is because I just really trust Colin Trevorrow to do a, to do a great job. So it should be interesting. All right. Last one. Last one here. We'll go with Nope. Nope. Kirk. Um, nope. Jordan Peele, this guy, he, Dude, think about how young he is and how he hasn't really been doing this for all that long. He is going to have quite the resume (laughs) by the time his career is all said and done. And, like, all of his stuff is super different. Um, You know, they they sort of all reside in that horror genre. Um, And this one is is no different as as I've sort of started the trailer now. But this is like an alien abduction movie or, or something. There, there's some sort of weird <laughs> alien extraterrestrial entity happening here. And and this, while looking like a Jordan Peele movie, also looks like something totally different. And there are things in here, texturally, um, color palette, like he's just a visionary. There are things here that he hasn't really done yet. And you just look at it and you go, wow, this is going to be very interesting Kirk what's what's your reaction to this trailer mesmerized <clears throat> absolutely mesmerized what Jordan Peele's really good at is movement every one of his uh, his the characters in in his films they move so differently than the last um, I haven't seen us so I can only judge it by the trailer but they move so differently than get out when he was heading the Twilight Zone those characters they moved they all had a, a synchronous um, connection and you see these characters very clearly have the same thing going on and I don't understand where he gets it I don't uh, part of me thinks that there's something historically that he is just like researching and just gets and so he instills that into his actors they're not spilling the beans for us at all but 
I'm a, I'm a big movement guy and there's lots of motion, not like big, powerful, but lots of specific intentional motion in all of his films. And I just, I, I want to crack the code on this guy, but I don't think I ever will. No, I think, I think he really like the, the word visionary is way overused in, in film, in the film industry. People call people visionary directors all the time. Jordan Peele is the genuine article. Like he, he is what I yeah. think of. Um, you know, he's one of the top three names that comes to mind when I think of a visionary director, he is going to be a guy who, you know, our generation of cinema or the current generation of cinema is represented by, like he is going to be one of the guys. I, I really do feel like he's going to be one of the, one of the big, big hitters when it's all said and done. So yeah. And things from his movie will be, uh, they will be the influencing moments in new moves. Like yeah, you yeah. see some of them's like the shadow uh, creeping up behind our characters running away. Well, that's very Spielberg. Like it's yes. your, your time is running out, right? Uh, you have these big sweeping explosion moments. I can't put my finger on it, but all of those, all of those, again, movements are very similar to what we've seen from other directors do, but they're also unique because they feel specific to those characters. So there are, they're a nod to the film as an art and, and its history and as its successes. And then it's his twist and it's his voice on them. He's just so good. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm stoked for that movie and it comes out July 22nd, 2022. I don't know nice. what the 22 thing is other than the year being 22, but it was originally supposed to come out May 22nd, 2022. So I don't mm. know if there's something thematically going on with that number, but just keep that in mind as you, as When's you go his to birthday? see it. Maybe he just likes, the- <laughs> he just likes two's his favorite number. Maybe <laughs> who knows? Um, I'll spend the next six months trying to figure that out before the movie comes out. Um, so we're close to out of time here. I So I'm going to stop talking about news stories, but there's one last thing. Uh, the Oscars found their hosts today, so this is hot off the presses. We knew the Oscars were going to a hosted format. We've talked about it at length. One of the solutions we talked about, or the rumors, was that Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short, the only murders in the building crew, were approached. That turns out to be correct. According to the New York Times, they were invited to host. They were asked to do it. They weren't just tried out for it. Um, they were invited to do it, but it fell through due to scheduling conflicts. So what they went with was Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer, according to Variety. So they still went with three hosts, but they went with Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer. Which is curious for a number of reasons. I think, first of all, why do we need all three of them? My take on this is Wanda Sykes is a bona fide comedian and very funny. Why not just have her host the show? She's been successful for a long time. She has a good brand of comedy that I think works for the Oscars and would work really well for a monologue. Regina Hall, I think, is fine. Most people, I feel like most people know her from the scary movie franchise and not much else. If, if I, I mean, maybe I'm dead wrong on that, but I feel like the layman will recognize her from that and not much else. And then Amy Schumer, she's been off the grid for forever. Like she hasn't done anything in a long time. And she got accused of canceling jokes and, and it was or, or stealing jokes. She got right. canceled for stealing jokes, I guess. Right, um, right. 
which is a whole he said, she said type thing. So there's no real getting to the bottom of that. It's kind of like make up your own mind. But this is just a weird group. Yeah, they the, <laughs> the Academy was so uh, the organizers of the of the Oscars were so dead set on having a trio that they said, OK, well, we lost the we lost the trifecta, the perfect the perfect trio. So let's pick three new people like they should have dropped one of them, even a duet of, of any mix of these Agreed. women. Uh, however, it had to be if you're dead set on Wanda Sykes, it has to be her and the others because they don't have the. Uh, the showmanship that that she does it's just that clear they neither of them would be able to carry it it would just be like watching um (laughs) and Hathaway and James Franco (laughs) leave again yeah it would be awkward (laughs) this is this is good this is a mess it's going to be an absolute nightmare to watch yeah I don't know I I I don't know man I I feel like they should have just gone with one here and I feel like I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know I don't know if the public is going to accept Amy Schumer as like a viable candidate. I don't really know where people stand on that. I just remember that like 20, I don't know what it was, 2017, 2018, all that stuff started coming out. And I haven't, I don't feel like I've heard a peep out of Amy Schumer since then. Um, So I just don't know how relevant that pick is. Same, like Wanda Sykes is great, but how relevant is that pick? And also Regina Hall, how like she's probably arguably the most relevant of all of these in terms of what they've been in recently. Um, Right. She has she has the most recent like Girls Trip. It was probably her yeah, most Girls recent Trip. film yep. that came out. But you know, like Tiffany Haddish, like is she not going to step up and be in this movie in in this hosting crew? Dude, I think she's like get me away from. I think people are scared to do it or something. There must be something. It's true. As soon as you throw your name in, uh, people are going to research you uh, like crazy, and you might get canceled yeah the Kevin Hart the Kevin Hart scenario. Yeah, yeah, I think it's people, rough. I think people are afraid of that. Anyway. That's what's happening. So I figured I'd mention it. I have no idea what to make of that other than what I just said, but I'm still trying to wrap heard, my head around it. I also heard that uh, Don Draper himself, John Hamm, yes, was approached. He was. Host. He was. And I'm like, yes, please put Don, put John Hamm and Wanda Sykes. What a fantastic! Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be really. That would be hilarious. Um, I don't know. He 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 must have turned them down or something. I I don't really know what happened there. Um, I mean, can you imagine like three hours of Wanda Sykes just criticizing John Hamm in like all different ways, like of of how handsome he is, yeah. to overrated, to like dissing him for from like where he's from. Yeah, like, like what have you done since would, Mad? Like it'd be like, yes, the jokes right themselves. I think it. it'd be great. Oh man, it would. Be, I think there there's an opportunity to recast these hosts. Uh, hopefully, like Sonic style, like the the crowd, the public. Wants <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, hosts. nope, we we disagree. <laughs> Let's just try to find something else here. <laughs> I'm I'm for it. Uh, all right, that's all we got for what's popping. Let's pop it up one last time. Let's do it. And I'm gonna hit the right button this time. I did. No. I <laughs> you want me to hit the the, the intro the sounder again? The music. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into our schoolyard pick and let's fly through this schoolyard pick of rom coms. All right, you're going first, Kirk. Me? Okay. Yes. Your first gotcha. check. Whenever you're ready. This is rough. This is tough. Um, I'm gonna go with. The rom-com of all rom-coms, 10 Things I Hate About You, Ooh. Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles. That's a good pick. It's a good pick. Anything you'd like to elaborate? I don't think you have to elaborate on that pick because I think it's a, I think it's like one of the goats of the genre. Yes. But anything you'd like to say about your pick? Yes. <clears throat> Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> okay. Now, listen, I already said that I'm kind of a rom-com novice, I feel like. I only watched, I feel like I've only watched this 
movie category in a very specific frame of time. So if my picks are weird, I'm sorry. Don't hate me. Um, <laughs> my first pick is going to be my big fat Greek wedding. Okay. I love my big fat Greek wedding. I think it's hilarious. Um, I have, I am in a family where like a large portion of my family is originally from Eastern Europe. So there's like, there's a bit of a, like I can relate to that slightly. Um, and, and we have a large family also. Um, but the jokes, man, the jokes are hilarious. It, it, like it shouldn't be good. The, the movie shouldn't be good because it's like a bunch of nobodies, low budget, whatever, but it's a really endearing film and it's funny. It's about family. I just think it, I think it's super underrated. They, they had talked for years about making a sequel. I don't know if they ever did, but they did. Oh man, I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, I, I will not dip my toes into that water Next because week, I don't popcorn for breakfast. We'll be reviewing. <laughs> I don't want to tarnish the original, but like, there's some great bits. Very funny, very heartwarming. My big fat Greek wedding, number one for me. My next one um, has to be a movie I always come back to: The Proposal. Ooh, yeah. It's it's borderline not rom-com because of how well-constructed it is. Uh, I mean, you've got Betty White, rest in peace, um, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the list is just, the list is deep. There's a big crew in there of just fantastic actors. Um, I've, I'm also always fascinated with Alaska. Uh, we mm. get to, to see this setting in the 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 constant sunlight era uh when when they're up there uh and it's just it's really well done really really well done uh the proposal will always be up there for me what about a movie being well done makes it not a rom-com kirk i'm i'm missing something here i'm missing i feel like oh the fact that it is 100 a rom-com but 100 not like a classic film yes yeah, it's a hard thing to put your finger on um, because I think it has to do with the attitude of, of goofiness. Um, you know, in this movie, a dog gets lifted up by like an eagle and like carried away. Um, there's also like weird, very, very nonsensical a seance of Betty White in <laughs> in the woods that, that Sandra Bullock up, comes upon. Like very very silly things happen in this movie. Yes. Even though this is probably one of the more well grounded movies. I feel like a rom-com is just a movie that is romance and comedy. I don't Mm. feel like, I don't feel like it has to be, I don't feel like there is a threshold. Uh, I don't think it has to be a guilty pleasure is what I will say. I don't think, I think, I think, I think it could be something that is genuinely, reputable and not just for the genre like not just like how sometimes it's like oh it's an action movie but it's actually like really good like it's actually cinema too like i i mm-hmm. feel like around i feel like there are movies that could fall in that category i feel like my second pick my second pick is the silver linings playbook oh okay i would call that I, I that's a romantic comedy it's well technically it's a romantic it's a romantic dramedy because right. there is a there is there are some heavy topics going on in there but look at it it's wall to wall filled with jokes it's a love story it's it's your very typical rom-com love story too actually like two people who don't have any intentions of getting together don't feel like they belong together but then over time you know he thinks he belongs with the other woman he's falling for her he is denying it like i just feel like that that to me i think it was nominated for best picture it was yes but i it's a rom-com and it's it's my second Mm. pick 
Interesting. I don't know. I don't know that it fits there for me and that's okay. I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear from the people on this. Like, (laughs) I don't even know how to exactly ask this question, but I'm going to find a way to ask it on social media. Like, can something be a rom-com and be cinematically sound at the same time? Or is it just like, is it like Hallmark movie? Like, obviously these are not Hallmark movies, but you know how like Hallmark movies are their own category or like lifetime movies. Right. It's like, Oh, this is the best lifetime movie. Well, the best lifetime movie would never be considered like a good movie. I, I feel like rom-coms are different than that, but we'll see. We'll ask the people and we'll figure out a way to ask it. And we'll ask it. Sidebar. Speaking of their own category, we just want to let the people know that Bruce Willis received his own category in the Razzies. That's this true. Year because he was in so many films that were released <laughs> this past year and all of them were awful. Yes. He, he so, was in so many bad films that yes. they had to create its own category of worst Bruce Willis movie. Yes. So Bruce Willis, you're winning at something. Congratulations on your new category. <laughs> I just read that and I said, wow, Bruce Willis really got paid this year yes and and for that i say i tip my cap to you my friend like he's looking at nicholas cage he's like listen he doesn't say no to movie roles anymore he just goes i'm gonna be that guy if the price is right i'm there (laughs) i I love it oh gosh what's your third pick how to lose a guy in 10 days Uh, yeah that's a good one off the board i mean i should have taken those ones like first because I, i went with the ones that like you probably wouldn't have picked that was dumb. That was poor strategy on my part. That's okay. That's okay. I am a rom-com connoisseur. <laughs> are you? I thought you said you are have been exposed, but only in a certain area too. I think there was, so I was exposed to them. And then there was this weird time where I was like, I was on an action movie kick. Uh-huh. Like I watched every action movie I could get my hands on. Um, and then I was like, I need, I need a break. I need, I need a palette reset. And I went to rom-coms yes. for some reason. Like, um, like, like coming of age teen drama is what I was watching. And then it led into rom-coms intermixed. And uh, it got me in touch with who I am, Cam. Wow. It was yeah. a real, it was a journey for you. It was a spiritual yeah. journey for you. I like it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, my next pick, I'm going to go with Hitch. And I'm going to duck. Like, is that some, oh, are people going to yes. throw rocks about that? No, okay. that is absolutely one. Very nice. Um, I really like Hitch and, and like not overly ironically. Like I, I, I accept the fact that there is some bad dialogue, etc. but Will Smith is like all time hilarious in that movie. And Kevin James as well. That was like Kevin James's big spring into action, uh, you know, onto the scene moment. And I, I, yeah. I think that movie is like, really charming and, and endearing. And I think it's, it's like a slightly different rom-com formula because there's like two going on at once there. And it becomes more about the like love expert guy. It's kind of like crazy, stupid love. I think they have that sort of thing going on as well. There's like three different love stories, but I thought Hitch was a, was sort of a groundbreaking rom-com personally. It was, you know, I could not watch Hitch when it first came out because I was so, annoyed by how okay the rules of rom-com it was too silly when i saw the trailer for him getting you know uh getting having the allergic reaction right to the to the shellfish and everything and i was like i'm not watching that and luckily your sister my wife aubrey she said you gotta watch this and she's we sat down one night we watched it and i said i missed out this is really good yeah really good it's a good one it's a good one all right your fourth pick 
the wedding planner. Ah, that was on my list. I thought you weren't <laughs> going to have that. Oh, contraire, my friend. I'm surprised. This one, this one I, I liked the first like two times I watched it and then I hated it because mainly because of the brown M&M theory. It drove me yeah. absolutely insane yeah. how dumb it is. Um, but you watch this back, there's some fantastic things happening in it and Matthew McConaughey on the list twice in this on my on my page. Oh, for sure. I mean, he is the crown king. Yes. Of this category. There's like six other movies with him in it that, I mean, that was his career. Honestly, it was rom-coms until he, he dropped out of, of, of acting, stepped away and then he came back uh, full swinging. So yeah. Yeah. Julie, if he's the King, Julia Roberts, I think is the queen. Yes. Of rom-coms. Yes. Do I know your next pick now? No, I don't think you do. <laughs> my next pick is, uh, should it be my next pick? Kirk? I'm scared. Oh, it can um, be whatever you want. My next pick is Clueless. Nice. Went with Clueless. I, I think that nice. that's that's probably seen as more of like a Mean Girls comp, which you can make an argument that Mean Girls is a rom com. Also, um, you know, it's 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 borderline, but Clueless is one that is hilarious and is a perfect example of like what a rom com coming of age movie looks like in the nineties. And, and for yeah. that, I love it. I love that. It's like a time capsule <laughs> like, and it, it's kind of its own thing in a little bit, but because it's so embellished, like, like her character is sort of preposterous to an extent like that. <laughs> it wasn't like, that's not reality in the nineties, but it's, it's almost better that way. It's almost a better representation because it's that way in, in some ways. I don't really even know is. if that As makes sense. If. As if. It did. Right. <laughs> uh, this last one is tough for me because I just thought of one. I just oh, in this no. moment thought of one. And I was between, I'll, I'll let you say yours after mine and then I'll tell you what I what it almost okay. was. But the one I have to go to is Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Nice. My final pick. Um, I mean. That was on my short list. It was on my short list. Was it? Yeah. This one is up there with proposal it might be my number two out of my list of five of like rewatchable ones uh and then and then right behind 10 things uh, right bleh, i can't talk anymore 10 things i hate about you directly behind it but never been kissed man it's so well constructed and it's very silly and it is very it's got a big heart yeah i like that one a lot it was definitely on my short list and my short list was very short it was an actual short list like it was it was only had like eight films on it and that one was on there um, my final pick, I'm going with my best friend's wedding, my best friend's okay. wedding. That's Julia Roberts yeah. and Cameron Diaz. And yes. what I like about this movie, uh, I think it's, I think it's very funny and I think it's, it, there's lots of antics that are going on around it, but it's, you know, the idea that she is the maid of honor in her best friend's wedding, her best friend being the, the man that she's in love with and, the, like the formula of this movie should not work because she's had her whole life to like figure out that she's in love with this guy and waits until he's engaged and then proceeds to break up his engagement and, and you know, all of that. So you should really not want this to win. You shouldn't <laughs> want like the plot of the movie to be successful, but you do like, I, I don't know why it's because they do it in such a way that like Cameron Diaz is kind of a jerk and he he's not really in love with her, but 
Mm-hmm. You should still be mad at Julia Roberts. I don't know. It's it's confusing, and yet and yet, it works really well. It is confusing. There's a couple movies out there like that where you're like, wait, you just destroyed their relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to do it in such a way that shows the integrity of their foundation was built on anything but love. Right. So uh, that they came to grow like an understanding of, of some type of definition of love. Yes. But it wasn't what we all hope for, like that sparks those not necessarily instant connection but definitely like an appreciation of someone that yes this person's going to care for me i'm absolutely going to care for them and i could there's no one i would trust more in the world right so but that that's what you see that through cameron diaz's performance this is actually the review that we're going to drop later this week <laughs> 8.7 out of 10 girls <laughs> Cameron Diaz really shows her true colors <laughs> as she gets to know more and more about Julia Roberts. So, exactly. Yeah. Excellent choice. Absolutely. I don't think I did too bad. I, I feel like I'm a novice. Maybe people will, will have other picks. I'm sure there's some that people would be like, what? You missed this? <laughs> I'm gonna, um, my other ones uh, that I almost picked, she's all that because of yep. coming down the stairs and the whole movie, Sweet Home Alabama and 27 Dresses. Yeah, I, there were some that I didn't pick because I feel like they are borderline galore. The Princess Diaries is one of those. I feel like it's mm-hmm. like there's a love story in there, but it's not really like a rom-com per se. Like the love story right. is not the main portion of it. Um, but yeah, so there's like I had a few that were that were somewhat borderline in nature. Princess Diaries 2 with Chris Pine though. Yeah, that's true. Could be. I've never seen it. I've also never seen it. <laughs> I was just I was just rolling with it there. All right. Uh, that's all we got. That's your Valentine's Day treat from us is best rom-coms. According to us, Schoolyard Pick. Um, Kirk didn't pick anything off my – I mean, he didn't pick anything that I had in my top five, so I guess mm-hmm. like that. that's my best five rom-coms. I don't know if I picked any of yours, Kirk, but there it is. Um no review this week. Reminder, no review. So on Thursday, there will not be a movie review episode. We're going to swing back and get your new movie review next week. It's probably going to be uncharted. We will let you know on social media if that changes. And if we pivot to like licorice pizza or something like that, but the plan is to go see Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg uncharted this weekend and to give it a review. And We'll leave you on that. And we'll leave you by thanking our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs and the band rhetoric. You're hearing them right now. You can also hear them on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, wherever else. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya.